0: Radio Rumi Momansa na mode del 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 Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Radio Rumi, episode 56. I'm your host, Fatima Keshavars, professor of Persian and director of the Wushan Institute for Persian Studies here at the University of Maryland, College Park. Thank you to my amazing team, as always, Janelle Brannan, our tech master, John Mullen, our next technology specialist, and the person who sends these episodes out into the world. I'm also grateful to our fearless producer who finds any and every error in the recording of each episode be it in the text or in the recording. And of course, our amazing watercolor artist who has given us a most beautiful fire to sit around and listen to this particular episode. Parisa Ziai Dianati, who shares her art with us generously. Above all, thank you who tune in and listen to Radio Rumi across the globe. It is you who amplify Rumi's voice by hearing his thoughts reflected in his lyric poetry as I bring to you, but it is you who thinks about them, reflects on them, and ultimately reaches his or her understanding of these poems. Rumi would have not expected any less from his readers, very often he says, at the end of a poem, I have now finished my job, but your job, you, my readers, and you begin your job with this poem, which is taking it beyond the page into your life and into your understanding. Today, I'm going to focus on the concept of khut, or the self, in Rumi's lyrics, and how this self is to develop, to reach the pinnacle of its growth, and become an asher, a lover. So we are really focusing on the self, the lover, and the journey between the two. Once again, on this cloudy Sunday morning, here in my house, in Maryland. I cannot start speaking to you about the self, about growth, about lovers, and about a deeper meaning of being in the world without saying that every day my heart goes to the people of Iran whose brave protests passed their 50th day. These are people who actually literally put their lives on the line and suffer heartbreaking sacrifices so that they can attain a level of control over their lives and the freedom that they have been dreaming about. And I would be remiss not to mention that Rumi was an avid defender of peace and comfort for families, for ordinary people. Being a well-known figure, in his time, which was a turbulent time too, and because his voice did make a difference, did make an impact as a well-known figure and and a thinker and a poet, he wrote to the authorities frequently in his time, advising them not to be harsh on people, advising them To avoid violence against unarmed people. How much we need these words in our time now. Today, I will speak about Rumi's concept of khud, or the self. For him, this concept, like many others, was not something that you would inherit, or you would have it in a fixed and unchangeable form. It would not depend on your race, your class, your religion, your place of birth. Even your education did not totally and invariably impact the building of this self. Indeed, it was a process, a fluid set of experiences a journey, if you like, a metaphor for it. And the more we are aware of it, the more we can see the impact of this journey, the more our fluid and reshapable self would develop and be reshaped. And as always, with any journey, this too began with questions. The shape that I have, he said. Tell me, my friend, who do I look like? This is a longer poem. In a second, I'm going to read that to you and talk about it. But let's linger for a second on the fact that this journey begins with questions and not answers. You might say, and you have a right to. Many people might think that. You would say from a master poet, an educator, a mystic, I expect answers, don't expect questions. Well, not so. Only those who have not understood the complexities of our human journey think that they have final answers. Certainly, Rumi wasn't one of them. He always pointed at, pointed us in the direction of answers that we could find for ourselves. The true travelers, those who genuinely seek understanding the complexities of their lives, always have many more questions than answers. Questions of the kind that can lead them toward a deeper understanding of their own journey. Now let's get back to Rumi. Here are a few questions that he is asking about his own kud or the self. It begins with the verse that I quoted for you. <speaking> in Sheikh Ram e all right, let me remind all of us at the outset, I am doing a on-the-run translation. These poems are very deep. They have multiple allusions to multiple significant concepts and ideas, but I am not focusing on those for the moment, because if we do that, we will have to just read one or two lines for each of the episodes, okay again, in ram e je la pari par this shape that I have tell me, my friend, who do I look like one moment. I am like a genie, another, a magician who controls the genie. In the fire of longing, I both the crowd that sit around a candle to get light from it and the candle in the middle because I am both the light, the smoke, the togetherness of the people in a circle and the scatteredness that can happen to a smoke. Now see how with pointing to all these different aspects of his own thought and being and feeling, not only he shows the discord that is at the heart of all of our lives and our personalities, but he also tells us that he is with every other ordinary person out there. He's not just this light-giving candle standing above and giving light to others. No, he is with and on the side of all these people. Then he gives us another metaphor, a moving and lively metaphor, one of his favorite metaphors. Birds. My friend, what kind of a bird am I? I'm not a partridge and I'm not the hawk. Praise on partridges. I'm not all good. I'm not all ugly, I'm not all this, I'm not all that. And then, comes, in the middle of all this discord, the abilities that arise from not being only one thing. Chunchekaro chunchiram, bauchot zanamo giram, tab am chujunun aurat zanjir bejomba. I'm the sugar, I'm the milk, I'm the one who hits or throws, I'm the one who catches. When comes the moment of madness, I begin to shake my chains. And of course, unfortunately in those days, many people considered to be harmful, mad people would be put in chains so he talks about himself being a combination of that level of madness, but also the ability to shake the chain and get back to sanity. And then, of course, as usual, he turns the khaje, or the friend, into God. Ne khaje yabaza oram, bulbul I'm not a merchant in the market. I am not the nightingale in the orchard. Oh, my Khaje, And that's where he refers to the divine. Oh, my Khaje, give me a name so I can call myself with that name. bulbul ta khish Now, I have to make a note here that by calling God and asking God to give him a name, he is not by any means speaking of the end of the journey or the reshaping of the self or the rebellion that is always a part of his voice. And you will see in the poems that I'm going to also read now. Now with these questions, Rumi begins to chart almost a kind of travel map by putting himself on the road, and I want to emphasize this, putting himself on the road and talking about himself and other characters, not preaching to us. It's very interesting that even when he wants to give us something good He's always describing it for us. At best, he says, oh, this is what I would love to see. Because for us, he does not want to abdicate the power, the choice, the action of getting on the road ourselves. And something begins to emerge from this journey with or the self, which is quite interesting, and you will see it in multiple poems of Rumi. And that is you begin to discover that the relationship between the self and Rumi, or all of us, the way he's telling us the story, is the story of freeing ourselves from the self. In other words, we can value it, we can be connected with it, we can cherish it, but we should not become enthralled or a kind of slave to the self. Let's see how he's telling the, the story. Again, not by telling us what to do, but by describing things. An-Nafasi, Hodi Khudi, Yaw, now I have mentioned that is the self and I have to now add that the concept of behood is the rubric for the person who has not lost the self but who is free from its orders, desires, fears, guilt, and things that come with that constellation that is the self. Oh, yeah, that. The moment that you are with yourself and so aware of its presence, the beloved seems like a thorn in the eye, or rather something that hurts you because you're preoccupied with yourself. When you become free of the self, get the joy and ecstasy of not being controlled by the self or judged by the self. You are free even from the beloved. shikar. Those moments when you are controlled, enslaved by yourself, a mosquito can bother you. And the moments of liberation from that self, you can see yourself winning, even controlling. An elephant could be our biggest fears. What are the mosquitoes? All those nagging moments. Where am I? What am I doing? Am I good enough? Or maybe I'm too good for others. Whatever those stings of the self are. And when you free yourself from them, you are then in control of not just the mosquitoes. The giant elephants of fear, and guilt, and jealousy, and... Desire to control and more. When you are in the claws of yourself, it's like a cloud of sadness, of depression, of not being able to free yourself is wrapped around you. وَالنَّفَسِي كَ بِ خُدِي مَهْ When you're free, liberated, you can imagine the moon coming down from the sky and sit by you. وَالنَّفَسِي كَ The moment you are in the claws of yourself, the Beloved leaves you. Rather, you don't have any room for the Beloved. But the moment you're free from it, with your liberated self from the self, you drink the wine, that love that the Beloved brings to you. <speaking> The moment that you are preoccupied with yourself. You are like the sad, leafless, bare moments of the autumn. And the moment where you're free, liberated of yourself. In the heart of the winter, you can feel the spring. And here comes something that he explains to us. of course our choice to hear it and interpret it but this is his interpretation I think this is an amazing line of poetry a lot of psychologists have said this but we are with Rumi for now Let's just stick to him. All your restlessness is because you're seeking rest ceaselessly. Give it up. Go for restlessness and then you will find peace. Let me read that line one more time. Jumle taq qara'. So where are we going with the self now? You're liberated, empowered. What is his next stop on this road? Not surprisingly, the house of love. Because until you are in the grips of the self, love doesn't really mean very much. All of us all of us in our various experiences have met with people who have been trying to do the most amazing things for others, but all the while they have been so preoccupied with themselves, so preoccupied with themselves that they cannot really give what is the real love. The liberated joyful impactful love so according to him then the self in love gets amazing powers and none of those are magical powers just to make sure that we are not talking about getting another form of control or power here or having some level of victory over anybody Rather, this is about the kind of gentle but unshakable confidence that comes with being rooted in love. And what happens then is truly unbelievable, the way he describes it. This is the kind of lover who's bare, if you remember from the last episode, bare of attachments. Dressing himself or herself with clothing made out of the rays of the sun. And such lovers can do very much. Listen to the way he describes that very beautifully and metaphorically. If the soul of such a lover speaks... It sets fire to everything. This is the fire that glows the fire of life It's not about destruction, but it's about showing the glow in life, what it can do, which is way beyond other forms of control. Ya na o shekh o tash in all lazanat in Hamad Shavad O Dami The soul of this lover speaks it's a kind of fire that burns all the burnable things in its way and it shows how this world is made up of particles that could be dispersed with this fire and then come back together to rebuild itself in a way that the world becomes the sea, this world burning in the fire becomes the sea, the sea that has the pearls and the fish and all the undersea world. That turns into nothing in comparison to the awe-inspiring presence of love. Even the human being would not resist it, could not resist it, and it will change do as azam it sounds like a war scene, and in some ways it is in another it's all about reconstructing. The self, the belief system. The smoke is going to rise from this fire. In this smoke of the fire of love, nothing remains. The people, the angels, you're not going to be bound by what are the people thinking about me? And what about the angels up there? Are they going to come to my help or not? Zandu, no. Oh, Tashi, Bargumba Azam sana. This fire could even burn all the way up to the blue dome of the sky, the grand blue dome of the sky. makan vin Sur Here's a key verse Skies will open up break open place, life, all of these become insignificant. What comes in its place? Shuri Derofda jahan A loud, loving, and musical longing echoes in the world. Vinsur Barmok Tamsana, this procession of joy, this celebration, hits sadness, not being able to be oneself into joy, into celebration. Let me read it one more time. Beshka fadan dam Osman shuri dar dar jahan bensur bar tamzanat. There is even a bigger observation here. of that dar kamie as nur jaun aab The sun becomes small, cannot compete with the glow, the light that comes from the inner self of a human being. And let's not to forget that this is the liberated human being and the lover. Khurshid of that kamie az nur jaan adami, kam mahram kam The sun feels small, unable to compete with the light that glows from the inner soul of a human being. Don't ask about others when the sun is so small. The sun who is, in fact, a member of the inner circles of love. Why? Because the sun is in the fourth heaven. Remember that the Muslim belief is that the soul of Jesus rises to the fourth heaven. So the sun is in the presence of Jesus. And in that sense, it is the one who belongs to the inner circles. Mahram. So even a mahram, a friendly companion, cannot compete with the sun that rises. From a human being's inner world. There will remain no rainbows, no wine and no wine cup, not even sadness or happiness, wounds or ointments. All of this has disappeared. In the glow of that sun of the inner soul, the inner self of a human being, ne cha there will be no pain, no healing, no enemy, no friendly witnessing in courts, Even the instruments stop playing, high and low notes, rhythms, they all come from the inner light of the self, of the self who has freed itself from itself and has got on the road with questions, with looking for the next stage, with the light that could shine from his or her own inner son. And that is an endless story, because there is no end to the journey of love. Let me actually do something a little ironic and end this episode with a one-liner from Saadi of Shiraz, the poet whom we have visited before, about the Endless nature of the journey of love. And that's how that goes. Murtriban rafdandu. Sufi darsama. has, and jaw. Nist. The musicians have left. The mystic, the lover, is still dancing. Because the journey of love has a beginning, but no end. Ishra, has, and jaw. Together with Rumi and Sadi, let me leave you with these incredibly deep and yet joyous words that they shared with us, to take them with you on your own journey, on the roadmap that you have prepared for yourself, and consider it an unending process. Until I talk with you very soon, Again, goodbye.